This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in public domain. For more information, or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recorded by Vivian Chen, March 2008, in Guangzhou, China. The facts in the case of Monsieur Valdemar from tale of mystery and imagination by edgar allan poe a cause i should not pretend to consider it any matter for wonder that the extraordinary case of monsieur valdemar has excited discussion it would have been a miracle had it not especially under the circumstances through the desire of all parties concerned to keep the affair from the public at least for the present or until we had further opportunities for investigation through our endeavours to effect this a garbled or exaggerated account made its way into society and became the source of many unpleasant misrepresentations and very naturally a great deal of disbelief it is now rendered necessary that i give the facts as far as i comprehend them myself they are succinctly this my attention for the past three years had been repeatedly drawn to the subject of mesmerism and about nine months ago it occurred to me quite suddenly that in the series of experiments made hitherto there had been a very remarkable and most unaccountable omission no person had as yet been mesmerized in articular motives it remained to be seen first in such condition there existed in the patient any susceptibility to the magnetic inference secondly whether if any existed it was impaired or increased by the connection thirdly to what extent or for how long a period the encroachments of death might be arrested by the process there were other points to be obtained but this most excited my curiosity the last in especial from the immensely important character of its consequences in looking around me for some subject by whose means i might test these particulars i was brought to think of my friend monsieur ernest valdemar the well-known compiler of the bibliotheca francica and author under the notepoon of israel max of the polish virgins of warrenstein and gargantuan Monsieur Valdemar, who has resided principally at Horror, New York, since the year 1839, is or was particularly noticeable for the extreme spareness of his person. His lower limbs much resembling those of John Randolph, and also for the whiteness of his whiskers, in violent contrast with the blackness of his hair, the latter in consequence being very generally mistaken for a wig his temperament was markedly nervous and rendered him a good subject for mesmeric experiment on two or three occasions i had put him to sleep with little difficulty 
but was disappointed in other results which his particular constitution had naturally led me to anticipate his will was at no period positively or thoroughly under my control and in regard to clairvoyance i could accomplish with him nothing to be relied upon i always attributed my failure at this point to the disordered state of his health for some months previous to my becoming acquainted with him his physicians had declared him in a confirmed phthisis it was his custom indeed to speak calmly of his approaching dissolution as of a matter neither to be avoided nor regretted when the ideas to which i have alluded first occurred to me it was of course very naturally that i should think of versio valdemar i knew the steady philosophy of the man too well to apprehend any scruples from him and he has no relatives in america who would be likely to interfere i spoke to him frankly upon the subject and to my surprise his interest seemed vivid excited i say to my surprise for although he had always yielded his person freely to my experiments he had never before given me any tokens of sympathy with what i did his disease was of that character which would admit of exaggeration in respect to the epoch of its determination in death and it was finally arranged between us that he would send for me about twenty-four hours before the period announced by his physicians as that of his decease it is now rather more than seven months since i received from m valdemar himself the subjoined note my dear p you may as well come now d n f are great that i cannot hold out beyond to-morrow mid mine and i think they have hit the time very nearly valdemar i received this note within half an hour after it was written and in fifteen minutes more i was in the dying man's chamber i had not seen him for ten days and was appalled by the fearful alteration which the brief interval had wrought in him his face wore a leaden hue the eyes were utterly lustreless and the emaciation was so extreme that the skin had broken through by the cheekbones his expectoration was excessive the pulse was fairly perceptible he retained nevertheless in a very remarkable member both in his mental power and a certain degree of physical strength he spoke with distinctness took some palliative medicine without aid and when i entered the room was occupied in penciling memoranda in a pocket-book he was propped up in the bed by pillows dr d and f were in attendance after pressing valdemar's hand i took this gentleman aside and obtained from them a minute account of the patient's condition the left lung has been for eighty months in a semi-osseous or cartilaginous state and was of course totally useless for all purposes of vitality 
the right in its upper portion was also partly if not thoroughly ossified while the lower region was merely a mass of pulverine tubercles running one into another several extensive perforations existed and at one point permanent appeasement to the rats has taken place this appearance in the right lobe was of comparatively recent date the ossification had proceeded with very unusual rapidity no sign of it had been discovered a month before and the occasion had only been observed during the three previous days independently of the feces the patient was suspected of ossism of the iota but on this point the osseous symptom rendered an exact diagnosis impossible it was the opinion of both physicians that Monsieur Valdonat would die about midnight on the morrow, Sunday. It was then seven o'clock on Saturday evening. On quitting the invalid's bedside to hold conversation with myself, Doctor D and F had bade King a final farewell. It had not been their attention to return, but at my request they agreed to looking upon the patient about ten the next night when they had gone i spoke freely with monsieur valdemar on the subject of his approaching dissolution as well as more particularly of the experiment proposed he still professed himself quite willing and even anxious to have it done and urged me to commence it at once a male and a female nurse were in attendance but i did not feel myself altogether at liberty to engage in a task of this character with no more reliable witness than these people in case of sudden accident might prove i therefore postponed operations until about eight the next night when the arrival of medical students with whom i had some acquaintance mr theodore l relieved me from further embarrassment it had been my desire originally to wait for the physicians but i was induced to proceed first by the urgent entreaties of monsieur valdemar and secondly by my commission that i had not a moment to lose as he was evidently sinking fast mr l was so kind as to accede to my desire that he would take notes of all that occurred and it is from his memoranda that what i now have to relate is for the most part either condensed or copied verbatim it wanted about five minutes of eight when taking the patient's hand i begged him to state as distinctly as he could to mr l whether he monsieur valdemar was entirely willing that i should make the experiment of mesmerizing him in his then condition he replied feebly yet quite audibly yes i wish to be mesmerized adding immediately afterward i fear you have deferred it too long while he spoke thus i commenced the passes which i had already found most effectual in stealing him 
he was evidently influenced with the first lateral stroke of my hand across his forehead but although i exerted all my powers no further perceptible effects was induced until some minutes after ten o'clock when dr d and f called according to appointment i explained to them in a few words what i desired and as then opposed no objection saying that the patient was already in death agony i proceeded without hesitation exchanging however the lateral passes for downward ones and directing my gaze entirely into the right eye of the sufferer by this time his pulse was imperceptible and his breathing was stertorous and at intervals of half a minute this condition was nearly unalert for a quarter of an hour at the expiration of this period however a natural although a very deep sigh escaped from the bosom of the dying man and the stertorous breathing ceased that is to say its stertorousness was no longer apparent the intervals were undiminished the patient's extremities were of an icy coldness at five minutes before eleven i perceived unequivocal signs of the mesmeric inference the glassy roll of the eye was changed for that expression of uneasy inward examination which is never seen except in cases of sleep-waking and which is quite impossible to mistake with a few rapid lateral passes i made the lids quiver as in incipient sleep and with a few more i closed them altogether i was not satisfied however with this but continued the manipulations vigorously and with the fullest exertion of the will until i had completely stiffened the limbs of the slumberer after placing them in a seemingly easy position the legs were at full length the arms were nearly so and reposed on the bed with a moderate distance from the loins the hair was very slightly elevated when i had accomplished this it was fully midnight and i was requesting the gentleman present to examine monsieur valdemar's condition after a few experiments they admitted him to be a perfect state of mesmeric charms the curiosity of both the physicians was greatly excited dr d resolved at once to remain with the patient all night while dr f took leave with the promise to return at daybreak mr l and the nurses remained we left monsieur valdemar entirely undisturbed until about three o'clock in the morning when i opposed him and found him in precisely the same condition as when dr f went away that is to say he lay in the same position the pulse was imperceptible the breathing was gentle scarcely noticeable unless through the application of a meal to the lips the eyes were closed naturally and the limbs were as rigid and as cold as marble still the general appearance was not that of death as i approached monsieur valdemar 
i made a kind of half effect to influence his right hand into pursuit of my own as i passed the leather gentry to and fro about his person in such experiment with this patient i had never perfectly succeeded before and assuredly i had little thought of succeeding now but to my astonishment his arm very readily although feebly followed every direction i assigned with mine i determined to hazard a few words of conversation monsieur valdemar i said are you asleep he made no answer but i perceived a tremor about the lips and was thus induced to repeat the question again and again at its third repetition his whole frame was agitated by a very slight shivering the eyelids uncrossed themselves so far as to display a white line of a ball the lips moved sluggishly and from between them in a barely audible whisper issued the words yes asleep now do not wake me let me die so here i felt the limbs and find them as rigid as ever the right arm as before obeyed the direction of my hand i questioned the sleep-waker again do you still feel pain in the breast monsieur valdemar the answer now was immediate but even less audible than before no pain i am dying i did not think it advisable to disturb him further just then and nothing more was said or done until the arrival of dr f who came a little before sunrise and expressed unbounded astonishment at finding the patient still alive after feeling the pulse and apply a mirror to the lips he requested me to speak to the sleep-waker again i did so saying monsieur valdemar do you still asleep as before some minutes elapsed ere a reply was made and during the interval the dying man seemed to be collecting his energies to speak at my fourth repetition of the question he said very faintly almost inaudibly yes still sleep dying it is now the opinion or rather the wish of the physicians that monsieur valdemar should have been suffered to remain undisturbed in his present apparently tranquil condition until death should supervene and this it was generally agreed must take place within a few minutes i concluded however to speak to him once more and merely repeated my previous question while i spoke there came a marked change over the countenance of the sleep-waker the eyes rolled themselves slowly open the pupils disappearing outwardly the skin generally assumed a cadaverous hue resembling not so much parchment as white paper and 
the circular hectic spore which hitherto had been strongly defined in the central of each cheek went out at once i use this expression because the suddenness of their departure put me in mind of nothing so much as the extinguishment of a candle by a puff of breath the upper lip at the same time writhed itself away from the teeth which it had previously covered completely while the lower jaw fought with an audible jerk leaving the mouth widely extended and disclosing in a full view of the swollen and blackened tongue i presume that no member of the party then pleasant had been unaccustomed to the deathbed horrors but so hideous beyond conception was the appearance of monsieur valdemar at this moment that there was a general shrinking back from the region of the bed i now feel that i have reached a point of this narrative at which every reader will be startled into positive disbelief it is my business however simply to proceed there was no longer the faintest sign of vitality in monsieur valdemar and concluding him to be dead we were consigning him to the charge of the nurses when a strong vibratory motion was observable in the time this continued for perhaps one minute at the expiration of this period there issued from the distended and motionless jaws a voice such as it would be madness in me to attempt describing there are indeed two or three epithets which might be considered as applicable to it in part i might say for example that the sound was harsh or broken or hollow but the hideous whole was indescribable for the simple reason that no similar sounds have ever jarred upon the ear of humanity there were two particulars nevertheless which i thought then and still think might be fairly be stated as characteristic of the intonation as well as adapted to convey some idea of its unearthly particularity in the first place the voice seemed reach our ears at least mine from a vast distance or from some deep cavern within the earth in the second place it impressed me i fear indeed that it would be impossible to make myself comprehend it as gelatinous or glutinous matters impress the sense of touch i have spoken both of sound and of voice i mean to say that the sound was one or distinct or even wonderfully thrillingly distinct syllabification monsieur valdemar spoke obviously in reply to the question i had propounded to him a few minutes before i had asked him it will be remembered if he still slept now he said yes no i have been sleeping and now now i am dead 
no person present even affected to deny or attempted to repress the unalterable shuddering horror which these few words thus uttered were so well calculated to convey mr l the student swarmed my own impressions i would not pretend to render intelligible to the reader for nearly an hour we busied ourselves silently without the utterance of a word in endeavours of revive mr l when he came to himself we addressed ourselves again to an investigation of monsieur valdemar's condition it remained in all aspects as i have last described it with the assertions that the mirror no longer afforded evidence of respiration an attempt to draw blood from the arms failed i should mention too that this limb was no further subject to my will i endeavoured in vain to make it follow the direction of my hand the only real indication indeed of the mesmeric influence was now found in the vibratory movement of the tongue whenever i addressed monsieur valdemar a question he seemed to be making an effort to reply but had no longer sufficient volition to increase put to him by any other person than myself he seemed utterly insensible although i endeavoured to place each member of the company in mesmeric rapport with him i believe that i have related all that is necessary to an understanding of the sleep-waker's state at this epoch other nurses were procured and at ten o'clock i left the house in company with two physicians and mr l in the afternoon we all called again to see the patient his condition remained precisely the same we had now some discussion as to the propriety and feasibility of awakening him but we had little difficulty in agreeing that no good purpose would be served by doing so it was evident that so far death or what is usually termed death had been arrested by the mesmeric process it seemed clear to us all that to awaken monsieur valdemar would have been nearly to ensure his instant or at least his speedy dissolution from this period until the close of last week an interval of nearly seven months we continued to make daily calls at monsieur valdemar's house accompanied now and then by medical or other friends all this time the sleep-wakers remained exactly as i have last described him the nurse's attention were continual it was on friday last that we finally resolved to make the experiment of awakening or attempting to awaken him and it is the perhaps unfortunate result of this latter experiment which has given rise to so much discussion in private circles to so much of what i cannot help thinking unwarranted popular feeling for the purpose of relieving monsieur valdemar from the mesmeric trace i made use of the customary passes 
these for a time were unsuccessful the first indication of reviving was afforded by a partial descent of the iris it was observed as specially remarkable that this lowering of the pupil was accompanied by the profuse of a yellowish ichor from beneath the lids of a pungent and highly offensive odour it was now suggested that i should attempt to influence the patient's arm as heretofore i made the attempt and failed dr f then intimated a desire to help me put a question i did so as follows monsieur valdemar can you explain to us what are your feelings or wishes now there was an instant return of the hectic circles on the chips the tongue quivered or rather rolled violently in the mouth although the jaws and the lips remained rigid as before and at length the same hideous voice which i have already described broke forth for god's sake quick quick put me to sleep oh quick waken me quick i say to you that i am dead i was thoroughly unnerved and for an instant remained undecided what to do at first i made an endeavour to recompose the patient but failing in this through total abeyance of the will i retraced my step and as earnestly struggled to awaken him in this attempt i soon saw that i should be successful or at least i soon fancied that my success would be complete and i am sure that all in the room were prepared to see the patient awaken for what really occurred however it is quite impossible that any human being could ever be prepared as i repeatedly made the mesmeric paces amid exaggerations of dead dead as loosely wafted from the tongue and not from the lips of the sufferer his whole frame at once within the space of a single minute or less shrunk crumbled as loosely rooted away beneath my hands upon the bed before the whole company there lay a nearly liquid mass of loathsome or detestable putrescence end of the story